the mindset, the mastery, and the mentoring for success. That's what we started talking about for a couple of weeks now. We spent a couple of weeks to talk about the mindset for success, how it's success is first um, in the mind, started from, start from the mind. We started talking about mastery thing last week. And uh, I talk about four things, four skills that are required to be mastered uh, by us in order for us to have what I called uh, unlimited success. Essentially, when we master these this skills, we are going to be able to, um, we are going to, be able to essentially uh, take advantage of what Christ has done for us. So as a believer, we Bible says that all things that pertain to life and goodness, God has already given unto us. God has given that to us. The question is, how do we take advantage of what God has done for us? How do we take advantage of what God has done for us? You know, so we started looking at these four things. And what I want to share tonight is uh, we're going to start focusing on imagination all right so um the the first one here there are four skills that we have to master um this is imagination communication unification and implementation so we got this from the text in chapter 11 verse 6 the bible says and the lord said behold they are one that's unified people and they all have the same language. This is only the beginning of what they will do in rebellion against me. And now no evil thing they imagine they can do will be impossible for them. That's the Amplified Version. In the KJV, it says, And the law said, Behold, the people is one. And they have all one language. So I'm going to bold in this. So the devil is one. One language. That's another one. All right. And this they begin to do, right? And then nothing which they have imagined to do. So that's where we got the four skills from. So one is unification. One language is communication. Begin to do is implementation. And uh, imagination is as to do is imagined, right? So I personally define imagination as image that formed your nation you know so imagination if you take this Im imagination is image and then nation so i said imagination is the image that formed your nation image imagination is the image that formed your nation that built up your life so tonight my assignment is just to run through this stuff we have conversation about it and then but i want to, i want i'm believing god that by the end of tonight we will all live here with a determination to ensure that we fill our hearts or our imagination with the right picture. Because I saw some things in this study that I want to share with you that will really, really uh, be a blessing to you. Now, the highest level of the skill to master is imagination because this is, this here is the realm of God. This is essentially before anything was, God is right. So, and then communication is how we pass the message across either to ourselves, either to ourselves or 
to other people. You know, the vision of our heart, the vision of our heart of what you want to do, of what you want to become, of the thing that God has laid in your heart to do, uh, first of all, we reside in the realm of imagination. Now, that picture, that vision has to be communicated out, right? Has to be communicated out so that so that either it is written down on paper like goals and dreams and blueprint, or it is communicated vocally or verbally to other people that need to help you to carry out that assignment. Or most importantly, that communication is something that you communicate to your own self, right? So that you are able to build up your own self-worth, self-image based on the words that you are saying to yourself. So you have imagination, you have communication. Unification essentially is about un unity, promoting an atmosphere of unity in the environment which you, you find yourself or even unity of purpose with your own self. You don't want to be holding on a picture of something you want to become, but the words coming out of your mouth is different. So the Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand. All right, so we want to be united with our dreams. We want to be united with our purpose. We want to be united with the things that resonate with what we are meant to be doing. And then obviously, number four, implement implementation has to do with the fact that in the realm of the physical, in the realm of the physical, where God has placed us, where God has given us the body as the as the um as the body suit to wear on the earth, you need to act in order to get. You need to act, you need to do, you need to basically, uh, because we live in a physical world, our bodies live in a physical world, but our whole essence live in the physical and the spiritual world, right? Okay, but in the physical world, you need movement, right? You need movement, you need to act on what you use in your dream to make it happen. So, um, so I don't know, Sanika can help us tonight, right? Genesis chapter Let's start with let's before I start going to let's look at what God did. Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-seven. I'm there, sir. So if you can start from verse twenty-six. Twenty-six to twenty-seven. Yes. Okay. If you can read, I'm gonna bring it up for that who might not have it by the but go ahead, please. Okay. Um I'm reading from the NLT. All right. Then God said Please continue. Yes. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, in the sky the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male okay. and female, he created them. Okay, let's back up to 26. Yes, sir. Okay, so God said, let us make man in our image. God decided what he wanted, right? God, before God can say, let us do this, he must have he must have had that imagination. He must have had that thought in his imagination. This is what I want to do. God had a desire, right? God had a desire. A desire for what? A desire to have a family, 
And God said, let us make man in our image. So God had a desire. That desire is in his imagination. All right. So that is imagination. Yeah, point number one. Then point number two, God said, God said, let us make man in our image. God stated his intention. He communicated his intention by words, right? But to who? So he communicated by words. Let us make man in our image. He communicated that. That's step number two. But to who did he make that communication? Let us. Us refers to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So essentially, there's unity. There's a decision to make humans after the image and likeness of God. And that is a unity, right? So we see here that God in his own, has had an imagination. And in his imagination, he wanted to create humans like himself. He communicated what he wanted by the spoken word. But that communication was a communication born out of unity among the Godhead, right? And then in verse 27, the Bible says, and then God created, God implemented, yeah? God implemented what he wanted to do. So this has a four levels, has four levels of value. That's a four levels, right, of, of skills that we need to learn to master. Now, when we then go to that Genesis 11, Genesis 11, verse 6, we see the same thing called out there. Yeah, the same, the same thing called out there. Genesis 11 says, and God said, behold, the people is one. That's unity. And all they have one language. That's communication. These they begin to do implementation. Nothing will be different from them, which they have imagined to do imagination. Okay, we see this four levels. We see that four levels repeated. Now, as I began to do the study, I want to start with imagination today. I want to start with imagination today. Just talk about it. So I'm going to talk each, take each of those four skills over the next couple of weeks, just talk about them and see how we can begin to build ourselves in each of these skills, right? Um, so that, you know, uh, as we enter into the new year, I would like us to, as a, as a group, as a family, to begin to hone in on these skills in every area of our lives so that we know that our communication will be better, what we imagine will be better, what we do will be better, you know, and, and there's unity among all of us in terms of the direction of travel that we're going. So now, now remember I mentioned in church about the law of first mention. The law of first mention. The law of first mention is the law that says, when you find a word in the Bible, find out the context, the meaning of that word, because that will give you an idea of what is being communicated. So the word imagination was first used in the Bible in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Now, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, in the earth, sorry, and that every imagination of the, of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. So uh, this scripture was talking about before the flood, all right, before the flood, when there was, there was so much wickedness on the earth. Obviously, this was after the fall of Adam and Eve. They've been chased out of the Garden of Eden. There was so much uh, wickedness on the earth. And essentially, uh, God saw that, man, these, these, these humans are 
only thinking of evil all the time. The imagination of the thought of their heart was only evil continually. So this word imagination was first mentioned here in the Bible. So I'm going to share what I found. I'm going to stop sharing for uh, Kari for a moment. Thanks. Um, what I found, the meaning of the word of that word imagination. That word means is from the Hebrew word yetsar, yetsar. And let's look at what it means. It means conception. 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 Or frame. Or a thing framed. Imagination. It can also be used for mind or work. <laughs> so we see this word imagination lend itself to mind, lend itself to work. Something, something that is carried out. Right? Lend itself to conception. So that's why I have a, a small thing here that says imagination is your spiritual womb. Imagination is your spiritual womb. All right. Which means um, what you conceive in your heart, you are actually impregnating yourself with the idea that you fill your heart with. So the pictures you focus on over and over and over, you are actually impregnating yourself with that image in that picture so your imagination is your spiritual womb where you conceive things first the hebrew meaning of this word imagination is talking about what is conceived in the heart the image that is conceived now so when you ponder on an image when you start to think about what your future looks like be careful that you are only picking up things that you want to become now we all know as since we, I believe all of us are here adults, we all know that when a woman becomes pregnant, she doesn't give birth the next day. There is a process of time, usually nine months, right, from conception until um, delivery. So this is the reason why at times some people think, oh, why is this happening to me in my life? You ask the question, when did you conceive this in this thing that is happening in your life did you have you conceived it it's something that you've conceived some years back that you're not seeing the results now and and but the good news is even if we had over over the time had wrong imagination in our heart where we have built up this image in our heart that we don't really we don't really want you know we can go back and start to change it that's the good thing we can start to, from today I'm going to show you an exercise that you can do to do that. You can begin to go and begin to change that imagination. Begin to paint a new picture in there. The good news is that the word of God paints new pictures in our heart. We can use the word of God to paint a new picture in our heart. So as you use the word of God, it will start to replace the image that you don't like. The image of the results that we don't want to get. So the word conceive or conception is linked to imagination and i find that quite incredible that you know we could when we start to imagine anything from god's point of view it is being conceived we are becoming pregnant with what we conceive of that's why you see somebody saying oh i've had this thought in my heart for years 
maybe something happens and everybody, let's say, for example, there may be some things that you are believing God for now, uh, you know, and all of a sudden things shows up in your life. Everybody in your house might, wow, they're happy for you. They're surprised, maybe, you know. And for you, it might be that these are things that you have pondered about, you have prayed to God about, you have seen it in your heart. And when you see it in your heart, the first time you see it in your heart, remember, you might be sleeping beside somebody on the same bed. They cannot see what you have seen. Therefore, when God gives you a vision and a dream in your heart and you are among people that are not united with you, then please don't talk about it. Don't share your vision that God has given you to somebody that will shut it out and say, oh, who do you think you are? Somebody has, nobody has done that before. It's not possible. Many crazy things have been done in the world by people that other people have said it is not possible. There are a lot of things that is, ah, oh, it is never possible. You know, today I was in London and I was coming back and I saw this um, this advert on the on the on the on the um, in the underground on the walls where the you know the train track and it says um, your London Heathrow driver will soon be here. Book it now on Uber. Now, when Uber first shows up in our radar. Somebody there is it's not possible. How can you how can you cannibalize the, the travel industry whereby you would get um um you know these drivers that are these London cab drivers that are you know the guys that everybody will have to go to would then become you know, driving would then become like you can jump into anybody's car. The first thought that comes to mind is that why would I jump into the car of somebody that I don't know? You know, this was thought about security and so on and so forth, right? And they say, Oh, it's not possible, it's not possible. But Uber not only changed the whole travel, the whole you know come, travel travel industry around you know, you know short short time short distance travel. Now they've got into a different kind of area. They even do Uber Eats and that kind of stuff. But you know, essentially, that was an idea in somebody's mind. When that idea first dropped in that person's mind, there might be people in their family, in that person's family, or even the friends that may not see that vision. Therefore, one of the mistakes we can make in this life is to have a vision that God has given you and you are so excited about it. You start telling people that 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 dumb down your vision. The excitement you had when you had that, you, when, think about it this way. When God gave you an idea, when you have an idea to do something in this life, there's a way you feel on the inside. There's a way you feel in your chest. Your chest, your chest will enlarge. You feel like you can take over the world. There's an excitement, right? You, in fact, you want to run quickly, quickly and, start, and start to put things in place, right? Because that's how you know it's a vision of the house, a vision that God has given to you. Then you go out and say, start to talk to people and they're telling you all the problems that you are going to face in doing it. And then before you know it, you say, oh man, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next tomorrow. And by procrastinating, you are actually running away from the dream because now somebody has some doubt in your mind that it's not possible. That's why this the the communication and the unification is important because when you communicate it out there must be unity in your own mind you must be so um united with the vision that god has placed in your heart that you you will not take no for an answer from anybody it doesn't mean you will not seek counsel no you should seek counsel quite all right but you, your vision does not need permission from anybody the vision that God has placed in your heart does not require somebody else to approve it. 
You don't, the more you start to look for human validation to approve the vision that God has placed in your heart, you have gone, you have gone in the wrong direction. You don't need anybody's approval. Because remember, they did not see it. They were not the one that it was given to. So imagination is the place where you conceive the future. It's the place where you conceive what you want to become. It's the place where you conceive the ideas that will change the world. There are people here on the court today that are world changers. I dare say every one of you here is a world changer. God has given you an idea that will change the world. So I'm asking you tonight not to dumb down your vision, not to dumb down your dream, not to say, oh, nobody, people have done it before. What do, how am I special? I'm telling you, you are more than special. Why do I know that? The Bible says you are wonderfully yeah, and fearfully made. That's what the Bible says you are. Apart from that, apart from that, I also tell you why you're different. Do you know there are no two people exactly like you on the face of the earth? No two people share your DNA structure. No two people like you. If God could make a snowflake, if you go put a snowflake on the microscope, microscope and you saw the, the, the structure of the snowflake, no two snowflakes is exactly the same. You might go, maybe, maybe snow falls now in your garden, and you can see this beautiful snow just looking at them. They look the same to you. The same way you will see a sea of heads of people, and you think, oh, maybe in a, maybe in a stadium. They all look the same. They all look the same. But to God, we're not all the same. For every one of us, there's a unique gift, a unique capability that God has adwired into you to achieve the purpose for which God brought you here. So don't compare yourself to somebody else. You have what it takes to get there. So you do not need permission from somebody else to say, oh, do you, what do you think I should be doing here? If God has placed in your heart, just keep praying about it. Please seek, seek counsel, but don't you don't need approval from someone, you know, to before they say that's that's what you should be doing with your life. All right. So imagination is a spiritual world where you conceive things first. Right. Now, this word imagination was used as well in Genesis chapter 8, verse 21. Uh, so I'm not going to go there. Let me just show you another one. I want to show you something that I find that is very important. Psalm 109, verse 14. Psalm 109, verse 14. Psalm 109, verse 14. I don't know where Carrie, you're doing it, so I can just read it. Okay. Psalm 109, verse 14. The Bible says, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Now, you see the word frame here is exactly the same evil word, imagination. It's in, the same word, yatsar, is exactly this word. <laughs> he knows our frame. He knows our frame. That word frame is exactly the same word that, uh, no, is that what I call Sam? What did I call Sam 109, verse 14? Yeah, okay. I can't, you've got something on the screen, so I can't, I cannot really. Um, there's something in your video monitor that's covering it, but the word frame there is the same word imagination. Now, you know, when you read, if you read that scripture, Sam 109, verse 14. God knows our frame. Frame, He knows our we're dust. If you and I will read that stuff, you would think when He knows our frame. What what will come to my naked? He knows our frame. 
What will come to mind? He knows our frame. He knows that word does. When you read that word, he knows our frame. What that word frame? What what will come to mind when you read it? Um, he knows what what I'm built of, like built of, like what? He knows everything about me. Okay, but that word frame, what picture, what picture comes to your mind when you hear the word frame? He knows our frame. What picture will come to your mind? I don't know, me just standing. <laughs> Aha. So it talks about like a building, right? Yeah. yeah. Like a building, like you're standing on something, right? So it, so when the Bible says he knows our frame, you see like, oh, like a building, or you're standing up, or you maybe you might see um a structure, essentially. It's a structure. Okay. Now, if we then replace the word, he knows our frame. Turn it to, he knows our imagination. What can you deduce from it too then? If frame and imagination is from the same root word, is from the same word, exactly. What is it, what's that painting in your mind? Okay, thank you, Cardi. I think it's Psalm 103, verse 14. Thank you for what 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 is that saying to us? When you look at this scripture, it's talking about, it seems to be relating to a physical, a physical body, a frame, right? A physical body, a frame. But it's the same root word of imagination. What can you deduce from that? What can help me? He knows my thoughts. He knows my thoughts, yeah? Okay, but what I was trying to get is, do you see, is there a, is there a, uh, a linkage between frame and imagination. He knows our frame. Frame is like a physical physical structure, right? But it's the same root word means imagination. I'm thinking it means he knows that basically our imagination frames our world. Exactly. That's it. So, so what I'm going to try to get at, which is the bit that got me so excited this today when I was studying this, is that your imagination frames your world. We have thought imagination is just in the realm of the in, in, the woo-woo realm, like in the realm of the spiritual. Nobody can touch it. You know, I can think whatever I like. But I'm telling you from this scripture that what you imagine is actually building your future without you knowing it. What you imagine is building a, a future that will become physical at some point in the future. You just haven't seen it yet. And, and God showed me this scripture. Just thinking about just thinking about that right now. There was a time God showed me something about. God showed me that you know when God. Okay, Titi has a question. All right. Okay. Right. Sorry, Pastor, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, so when it says he remembers that we are dust, how does that relate to for you know our frame? No, so this scripture is talking about, this scripture particularly is talking about the fact that God's, God knows our makeup. He knows that, oh, our, okay. that okay. our, our physical being will return okay. to Yeah, he's just talking about the fact that there is, in our physical being, in our physical body, there's a, let, 
there's a level of weakness, right? That God knows that we're weak human beings at times. We do things that we don't want to do. You understand? Mm-hmm. You can say, yeah, God knows, God knows I'm weak now. God will always help me. That's what it is alluding to the fact that God is not God is not dealing with us based on the mistakes we make. God, there are some things you do or that I say I've done that's like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. And instead of missing yourself down, this is something saying to you, God knows, God knows your limitation. He knows your weakness. You know, you know that you are you are constrained by the by the weakness of the flesh, right? So that's really what this one is talking about. It's just that I don't know if it ever answers the question. That that does make sense. Thanks. Yeah, so that's what that's what I'm talking about. But but what God began to open my eyes to see is that this will frame, whilst this really, really relates. In the, in the literal meaning, this text, this verse here, relates to the physical being, you know, like the body, the weakness of the body and stuff. But when you look at the meaning of the root word of this frame, and you go back and realize that it's the same word as imagination, it means that your imagination is a framer. And it frames, your imagine frames the physical reality that you get. Your imagine, that's why, as a man thinks in his heart, so easy. Yeah, as a man thinks in his heart, what you meditate on and pound down in your heart, that's what you eventually become, right? Also, we're going to talk about the fact that you know there's the need for you to take action and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, it starts from imagination first. So your imagination is a framer; it, fr- it frames your world that that will come out in the physical. So several weeks ago, while I was just going, because I don't, some of you know, you already know that we've been doing a lot of study about in Genesis chapter one to, to two. We've been doing a lot of study about creation, about you know, there's a lot of stuff that there's a lot of revelation in there that we've we've, we've gone through. But God showed me something. God showed me that He Himself has God. <laughs> now, now this much this must shock someone. He Himself as God lives in the house that He had built in His imagination. I said, "What do you mean?" So He said to me. I said, let us make mine our image after our likeness. That image that God wanted to make was in his imagination. God had an idea about what he wanted to make. He communicated it out, right? But ultimately, God created if the physical body. A physical, he initially created the, the spiritual body of Adam and Eve. He blessed them. He gave them all that dominion. But then on the earth here, that spiritual body is useless. The spirits, spirits are not meant to be ruling here. God gave the earth to humans. God gave the earth to humans. So when, when if there's a spirit being here that does not use the permission of a human being, that, that spirit being is illegal. That's why demons cannot just show up in your house, right, without without using getting a medium to use. They have to enter somebody to come and mess things up in your house. It, it doesn't... It, it, it can't happen otherwise, you know. Just not that's not the way God did. God gave the earth to humans. Okay, so now when God made Adam, the body of Adam, it was lifeless. But what did God do? The Bible said God breathed his own life into the body that's on the ground, right? And the man became a living soul. But what is in the what is in the what what in, inhabits this physical body? Is the breath of God, is God Himself. So, so God showed me in that scripture. God said, Listen, I myself, I now I live in the image that I have created in my mind of what I wanted to create. And I live in I live in the body of the humans that I created. That's why God breathed, breathed his breath into the physical body, and that man became a living soul. So, which means therefore. 
each one of us is a spiritual principle. We live in the realm of the physical based on the image that we have created in, in, in years past. So please, if you're here and you have a goal and you have been meditating upon it, you have been visualizing about it, you have been thinking, it hasn't come to pass yet. I'm telling you, don't give up. Don't say, ah, this doesn't work. No, if you just stay there, in the process of time, you are going to live in the future that you have imagined based on what you've imagined some years past. So it's important to keep your imagination sharp because imagination is a frame of the future. All right, I'm going to take over the screen again. Any question before I go on this one? Okay, so let's go on. So imagination frames your life. Now, look at Isaiah 26, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. The Bible says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. For you will keep him in perfect peace right, whose mind is stayed on him. So God keeps in perfect peace, right? God keeps in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on him because they trust in him. Again, the word mind here is the same root word for imagination. Now, what did I get from him? God will keep him in perfect peace whose imagination is stayed on him. So let's play a game. Suppose in the country where you live, there's economic crisis. People are being laid off from work. Uh, even your next door neighbor just came around and showed you his, his uh, redundancy letter. Things are looking bad. In the natural, when you look at that, if, if your mind or your imagination is stayed on these things happening in your country, how will you feel? How will you feel? How will you begin to feel? Who can help me? It's a question. How will you feel? Uh, good afternoon. Dejected, I'd say. Oh, Kenny, I didn't know you were here today. All right. All right. I, okay. I do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you just, just came through the back door. Yeah, okay. That's good. Uh, <laughs> all right, so you feel dejected, right? Yes. So you're hearing all this news and so on and so forth. Uh, so you feel dejected. Um, how do you think the, de 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 dejection came by? How did that come? How did that show up in your life? Are you asking uh, how it arrived or the yes. manifestation of that? How, how did it arrive in your mind? How did you become dejected? I would say it came from the unrealization of visualizations of visions I had in my head of what I thought would happen versus what actually happened. Okay. Okay. Have you considered, have you considered that every word you heard, you hear paints pictures in your heart? I agree. Okay. So when you hear people being laid off, things are not happening, blah, blah, blah. 
those words you are hearing are actually painting pictures of fear, of limitation, of uh, not enough, right? And because the Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 1, every seed produces after its kind, the more you feed your mind on there's no job, there's no job, people being laid off, watch the news, watch the news, watch. After a while, without you knowing, those things are sowing seeds, right, in your heart. And every seed produces after its kind. Before you know, you start to feel funny, you start to feel dejected, you start to feel like, you, you start to feel there's not enough to go around. Mm -hmm. And you start to feel frustrated, like, okay, does that mean this goal I've set up this year is not going to happen? You start to think like there's not enough option out there. Now, the more you think about that, the more you think about that, something is going to begin to happen to your chest. Your chest starts to feel constricted. At if some of you, you might start to feel like um, you can't breathe properly and so on and so forth. Why? Because this news you've heard, this news that permits the airwaves, right, are so laden with the energy of negativity, of not enough, of, of insufficiency, that it has now been translated in your mind to an, a picture of not enough, a picture of, oh, there's no hope here, a picture of hopelessness. And when you feel like you're running out of option, there's no hope, there's nowhere to go, you know, you, you, you get into flight or fight, right, mode. And essentially, you are not working from your heart. Right, and then you become dejected. You feel like man, you feel frustrated. Now you, then the next thing is you also get cranky. You know, you might start to shout at people. You might start to behave grumpy and all that kind of stuff. And then relationship that you person has before that was wonderful begins to fall apart because why? It comes from these words that have painted these pictures in your heart that have then translated themselves into emotions that you feel and the actions that you take, and then the result is you know the way it is. But suppose. Suppose when the person comes with that news, you shift your attention. You go into the word and say, what has God said to me about provision? What has God promised me about provision? What has God promised me about providing for me? You go into the Bible and you read stories of how God uh, caused the children of Israel to be, to be fed with manna you know, for many years. You read stories about how Elijah got fed for three years when I was farming the land. You read stories of how Jesus Christ turned five loaves and two fish into, you know, to feed 500 people or 300 people. You know, you begin to read these stories over and over and you allow these stories you are reading now because every because stories, they are really, really made of words. Words communicate pictures. You allow them to print pictures in your heart. You, what you then, what will happen is, the more you listen to the word, the more you focus on that, the less you be, begin to pay attention to these things that's coming on this other side, right? And your mind, after a while, Bible says, God will keep in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him, whose imagination is stayed on him. So when we allow our hearts to be full the imagination of the goodness of God, of the wonder of God, of the beauty of God. When we when we get excited, when somebody comes to share testimony to you about what God has done in their lives, and you get so excited, look at what God has done there. Man, if God did that for so-so and so, he can do it for me. And when you allow that to fill your heart, after a while, you realize that there might be things going on in the world that are not okay, but you just become immune to those things. It's almost like you are living in a bubble. It's almost like So, 
imagination and mind here are kind of akin. They are the same. Again, come from the same root word. Was that helpful? Was that helpful? Makes a lot of sense. All I right. Agree. All right. All right. Let's go to Abaku chapter 2, verse 18. Abaku chapter 2, verse 18. Jane has got a question. What was I'm I'm just um, thinking about what you're saying about imagination. So I, I think it's it's quite easy to sit here in London and and imagine. I mean, but if I was in I mean, this is just me. I'll just say what I was thinking. If I was in Palestine and I could see bombs landing every day, yeah. Um, I have got dreams. Okay, so I've been visualizing, but and I have dreams. I would like to set up a business or whatever it is. Yeah. But everything has been raised around me. Right. It, it it then becomes quite a challenge, I think, to to do this visualization and not have fear. Yeah. So, um, in the beginning, even even you where you are, mm. there are some goals that you set for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I want you to imagine that you say, oh, man, how's that going to work? Has that happened to you before now? Yeah. Exactly. So why did you, why did you, you there, were no, there was no bombing, bombing around you. Yeah, there was no bombing around you. There was no, the house was not raised down. But it's, an, it's something you're, it's something that you like to become. But as we get to think about it, it's hard to imagine them. You know, the, maybe the first time you did it, you started to feel, man. This is like I'm just building a castle in the head. This is like oh, oh, oh stop. This is not gonna work, you know. When you persist after a while, your heart begins to receive it. It becomes natural. So I hear what you're saying about if there's bombing around in like in Palestine and all that, people are losing their lives and stuff. When you're surrounded by by um, by calamity and stuff like that, I agree that it it is gonna be challenging. Right, but it's not impossible. It's going to be challenging to see there is a way out. You know, when I read stories about people that have come out of projects, and those who are in the US will know what project is, uh, maybe UK is like council flats arrangement. There are people who have come out of projects that have made something out of their lives, even though they were surrounded by death and drug addict addiction and all of stuff. But how did they get themselves out? It's because they kept holding on to the picture of the future they wanted. So even if you are in a place where things are raised down and there's no hope in the natural, the only way out is still to hold on to the fact that tomorrow is going to be great. You know, there's a scripture I want to share with you. Again, it's not, it's not bombing. It's not bombing down. Romans, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Verse 18. I don't know where I can help him to open it. Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Because this, this, this again, this is, this is a spiritual principle, by the way. It's a spiritual principle. Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Uh, Kari, are you there? Or you you have gone on vacation? Okay. Jane, look at this. Look at this. This scripture here. This scripture is... <laughs> this, scripture was, this scripture is talking about... Yeah. Look at actually, thank you so much for bringing that other translation. Passion translation. Passion translation says, against all odds, 
when it looked when it looked hopeless. Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word, and as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that it will be impossible to count. Okay, in the KJV says, Who against hope believed in hope? I want to, I want to pack that for a minute. Who against hope believed in hope? Against hope means it was hopeless. But he believed in hope. What is hope? Hope is a confident expectation of good. The word hope in the Bible, in Bible times, means to be confident of, to be confidently expectant of good happening in your life. And hope is in the future. Hope is different from faith. Hope is in the future. But you know, you cannot have faith without hope. Because the Bible says, faith uh, is a substance of things hoped for. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. So which means, if I don't have hope, I cannot have faith. And if I don't have faith, nothing works right. This is the reason why choosing what is cho choosing the positive in the middle of the negative is still the only way out is it easy maybe not i'm not saying it's easy but that's the only way out because if you if you don't choose if you don't choose that tomorrow can be better than today what else do you have you're going to go into that depression you're going to like and the more you embrace negative emotions the more it produces like that is kind always remember is it is a spiritual principle right Every seed produces after its kind. So I agree with you that if someone is faced with calamity and faced with hopeless situation, it is challenging. It is challenging to keep visualizing and think about that, oh, is it that my dreams are gone forever? Is it that it's never going to happen? It is, it is, I agree it's challenging, but it is not impossible. It's not impossible to still go back and say, I may have lost all, but, you know, my hope is not dead. My future is not dead. I think it was uh, Thomas Edison, right? That I already saw about Thomas Edison when he was trying to make, uh, uh, was it the, the electric bulb and stuff? And the factory got raised down. The whole factory got raised down. You know? And he, he stood in front of the building and his son says to him, Dad, what are we going to do? He said, we just have to start over. I didn't know what he was going to do, how he was going to go. We're just going to start over. And I think I heard that uh, Henry Ford gave him, I think, a million dollars then, you know, to then start all over again. But what I'm trying to say is that um, life control, life controls uh, a curveball at times, right? But we don't have to embrace a curveball and say, that's all there is out to be about my life. Always remember, of all of God's creation, of all of God's creation, we are the co-creators with God, which means, God has given us the ability and the power to create what our future will look like. And it starts from what we imagine. It starts from us imagining a better life than what we have. Imagine a better family. Whatever it is that we have now that we want better of, we start from, you know what, imagining a force in our minds. Yeah, I don't know if that helps. That didn't answer the question properly, but it just tells you that... Um, no, I, I I wanted you to address that issue because I'm sure there are other people who will listen to this or who are on the call and they're thinking, doesn't my environment have anything to do with the outcomes? So I think from what you have said, it's a matter of whatever, regardless of the environment in which you're in, continue to hold on to God's promises and continue to apply the principles. I think that's the, the answer that you have given, regardless of the environment you find yourself. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so I think I've got four minutes left, right? I just want to touch on something quickly that I find quite important. Uh, um, if you can open up Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, I want to show you something that I also found as we begin to round up. The word imagination, yeah, what it means is the Bible says, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life and man became a living soul. So I'm, I've already spoken about this briefly before. But you see that word formed, that word formed in this text is a derivative <laughs> of imagination. Is a derivative of imagination. But notice here, this is God physically um, forming Adam from the ground. But the, the word used was the word yotsa. Yotsa. And yotsa means to mold into a form, especially as a porter. Figuratively, it's used to, to determine a form. It's the same word fashion, to form, to frame. This word is to fashion, to form, to frame. It's exactly the same word. It's a derivative of that same word, imagine. So essentially, what you see there for now here is bringing this to a close, is that God, this showed me that when God was forming Adam from the dust of the ground, he was forming Adam based on what he had imagined in his mind. Because it's the same word that was the same root word that was used. And that is profound. Because it's really saying, as I'm going to round up this saying, <laughs> when you want to start an enterprise, when you want to start an enterprise, let's say you want to write a book, you want to go to school, you want, you want to have children, whatever it is that you, you're believing God for. Hold that picture firmly in your mind. And as you begin to act in that enterprise or act towards that goal, never lose sight of the, of the, of the image that you have built. Because when you are building, when you are walking the goal that God has given you, the essence of what you have in your imagination will be played over and over in your mind. Therefore, because everything is energy, as you are building, the aura that surrounds what you are building is the image that you have felt. But if you are building something and you hold the image of failure, like it's not going to work, you are building, but you are building something that is based on an image that talks of failure, not the image that talks of success. I don't know if this makes sense. Does this make sense to somebody? It's like, it's like if you want to write an exam, Right, you are sorry for an exam, but at the back of your mind, you think I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. You are holding the image of failure. Then you are making a mistake because what you are building, you are surrounding that thing with the image of, um, with an atmosphere of failure because that's the image that you've had in your mind. So one of the things that God told me was, God said to me, when you want to do anything, and you are acting on that thing, act on it like it's already come through for you. Act on it like it's already true for you. So let's say, for example, you, you want to make a million dollars or you want to do five million dollars and you're working a job, you're working, you're putting your product out there to make five million dollars. Work on it like it's a five million dollar job. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's good, like it's already bringing you five million. Have this mindset, this aura that you surround that thing which you're doing like it has already happened because this is what God did here. The Lord God formed man. Form is based on his imagination. As he was building the man, as he was creating the man, as he was doing that, he had that image in his mind. He didn't have the image of um, failure or the image of something that he doesn't want. He didn't want. He held on to the image of what he wanted. All right. So that's what 
what where I'm going to stop tonight. Um, so how do we build this imagination? How do we build this imagination? How do we build this imagination? All right. So if you are in a place where you can, where you can be by yourself, where you can do this exercise, I'm going to ask you to do this exercise. I know my time is up. I'm just going to ask you to do this exercise, or maybe I ask you to. Let's see what we can do today. Maybe we we'll do it a different way. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do what I call a mirror exercise. All right, so maybe you don't do it. Do it. Do it. I'm going to give you a takeaway, takeaway uh, exercise. Do the mirror exercise. And the mirror exercise goes this way. Um, you stand before the mirror and you look at yourself in the mirror and speak good things about yourself. Just say, for, for, for this week, I want you to plant one. Um, describe yourself with one word, one good word. It might be, I'm wonderful, I'm fearfully made, um, I'm creative, I'm intelligent, I get things done. Let's say, for example, you are not so quote-unquote organized and you want to build the, 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 the skill of organization. Stand in front of the mirror and say, I'm an organized child of God, right? Essentially, if there's any, any way, anything that you need to see an improvement in your life, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and call yourself that. The first time you do it, you're going to feel funny, like, oh, man, this can't be true. You stay there. Do it in the morning, do it in the night, do it in the morning, do it in the night. I want you to do it over the next uh, seven days, and then I want to us, hopefully, you can come back next week and talk about what your experience has been, all right? And then next week, I will, I will go deeper in terms of how to build the good imagination using the word of God, all right? Is that is that exercise very clear? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful people. All right. Wonderful King, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for helping us so much. Thank you for beautiful, beautiful, beautiful nuggets, Lord, that you have put in your word. Lord, I pray, oh God, that as we live here, Lord, we are not going to put this message on the shelf and forget about it. We're going to listen. We're going to act. We're going to put to use. Lord Almighty God, and there will be testimonies among these people in ways in which we have wired ourselves through what we think about and focus on in ways that have no aligned with your ways. Lord, we ask for your help. That Almighty God, as we step into this week, Lord, each one of us, from the oldest to the youngest, we will remember, Lord, that you have given us the power to imagine what our lives can become, that you have given that power to us, and that we can choose to paint on the canvas of our minds whatever we want. Lord, I pray, Almighty God, that we will choose to paint the picture of what is good in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, oh Lord, we pray even right now for those who are in Gaza, the people who have been who are, uh, dying from the bombing and the and the attack, we pray, Almighty God, that you succor them. We pray, Almighty God, that this this old uh, debacle of a war will come to an end. We pray, Father, Lord, that your will will be done. We pray, Father, Almighty God, that peace will reign in that region in the name of Jesus Christ. We know that this is not this is not uh, mere things that we see. This is the, an act of the of the evil one behind the scene. So, Lord Almighty God, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that we have the authority to speak to the evil one to, to get out. Lord, therefore, we pray over that region. We pray for peace in the name of Jesus. We pray for those who have lost loved ones and lost family and lost, lost household. We pray, Almighty God, that you will turn things around for them in your own miraculous. We thank you for it. And Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you so much. Uh, if this is, I said there's any question, I can take one question because of time. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Davies. Appreciate it.
All right. All right. Thank you so much, Kenneth. Thanks for joining. All right. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love. The Holy Spirit. Surely, God's goodness and mercy is with us all the days of our lives, and we dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. All right, I'll stay back for a couple of minutes for those who might want to chat. All right, so well, thank you very much. I will speak to you next. Please do your assignment. Yes. Thank you, sir. Have a good evening. Take care, everyone. Bless. Mm -hmm.